0: Degeneration fam, what is up? What is happening? It's week eleven. Coming at you from the DG Nation pod. I am your host, Ryan Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Alexander underscore W. And I am joined by my usual co-host, Fantasy Rat 13 And that's Kevin Steele. And it's just, it's just mano. Y mano. It's me and Kev this week. Um, we've had the pleasure of having some guests on the past couple of weeks, and and now it's just me and him trying to, you know. Trying to give you guys the plays to land on for Week Eleven, uh, mostly from a DraftKings perspective. That's what we do here at the DJ Nation Pod. So, um, if you do, if you do play FanDuel, Yahoo Fantasy Draft, and all that, some of these plays are obviously going to be in in play for you there. Uh, but most of the pricing that we break down is from the DraftKings perspective. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, DJ Nation Pod is where you can find us on Twitter. And also we have a Slack chat that we would love you guys to join. Um, we are doing a listener, listener league on DraftKings as well, too. If you DM Kevin at Fantasy Route 13 he can give you all the details to that. But also just by coming in and joining our free, that is right, free Slack chat. We can get you all the details and, and how to take part in that. So come on in, take Kevin's money. He's been giving it out for free all year. So what's what's one more league, Kev, how you doing? Talk to the people, man. We got week 11 here on tap.
1: Hell yeah, it feels good. It feels good to be here for another week. I'm excited. We're only a couple weeks away from the glorious Thanksgiving slate, uh, which will be fun because we're going to do our special breakdown that we do every year. But we are going to have both guests that we've had on the last two weeks on um, for that. So it'll be a four-man pod. We'll have Derek and Maddie on for that show. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, I'm ready to, uh, you know, win. I'm going to take something down this week. I just feel it, you know, inside of me and uh and uh, it's going to be a good week. I'm ready for uh I'm ready to talk about these plays.
0: We are pulling for you, Kev. We we want you to take down something Send some screenshots in the in the chat get the people fired up. Get them on some plays. So we got week 11 here as we've said and uh it, Kevin, it's it's shaping up to be a a, a fun week. We've had a um you know, two, two great conversations, I feel like, in the past couple of weeks on kind of how to attack slates and kind of what the process should be and how how people can start to form their core or what to do just with the general overall view of the slate. And we're, we're given a week here where we have Lamar Jackson Price is one of the highest priced quarterbacks I think we've seen this year on DraftKings. We have uh, Christian McCaffrey, who is in a much better matchup than he found himself last week. Um, going on the road there in, in Green Bay and, and Green Bay has definitely been a matchup that we want to target for running backs. But Atlanta, e- even more so here, um, we get a pretty solid matchup from a pass catching running back standpoint and usage and he's at home and he hasn't been priced up at all. So, uh, you know, we'll have another fun conversation with him with more viable running backs, I feel like on the slate. Um, that are a little bit cheaper. Uh, Michael Thomas priced up at, at just under 10k at 9,900. Um, who's been smashing all all year long and and gets to go against this Tampa Tampa Bay funnel um, where he should eat again um, and, and finds himself in a premier spot. Uh, and then we have George Kittle who was going to be in the bananas matchup, but he looks like he's going to be doubtful there in the game against Arizona. Um, there was a report that came out earlier this week that he was going to miss, and then there was a retractment of that report saying that it wasn't it wasn't made uh, public knowledge yet. I guess that he was going to miss, but he's extremely doubtful um, to play. So we we definitely got a fun slate. Let's let's start it well off with with quarterback and kind of break it down here for the people, um, and and kind of just talk about our our favorite plays at the position and, and what we're doing, and we can go from there, Kev. So when I'm looking at this slate. Um, you know, we, we talked last week a lot about Christian McCaffrey and that price and is it worth it to pay up for that price tag and I know that Derek was on and talked about how Atlanta was good uh at containing the run and stopping the run and Latavius Murray and, and Kamara had pretty pedestrian days there against Atlanta, but it, this is a home matchup for Christian. I think he's going to be fine, but one way I'm looking to build teams and GPPs is kind of getting to Kyle Allen with the pass catchers in this matchup. I know Kyle Allen at fifty three hundred. I feel like he's going to be heavily owned, um, and rightfully so. He's very cheap. He's he's a great way to start your cash game quarterback. Um, Atlanta's given up a ton of points to the quarterback position on the year, um, and. With Kyle Allen, it, we we've talked all year about the narrow distribution of targets, Kevin, like, I, you know, just even looking at last game, like it it just feels like, you know, where the ball's going with this Carolina team. He's going to look for D.J. Moore. He's going to look for Curtis Samuel. He's going to look for Greg Olson and he's going to look for Christian McCaffrey first and foremost. And so I feel like the way that these guys are all priced around Christian McCaffrey, if you can get like Kyle Allen. And in DJ Moore going for over 200 or going for over a hundred yards and two touchdowns, um, maybe a good game out of Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson uh, cheap at the tight end position. If you can kind of play this game from, okay, yeah, Christian McCaffrey's in a good spot, but if he doesn't get the touchdowns, if it ends up going to some of these other guys, that could be a great pivot, uh pivot way to go in, in GPPs when people might try and jam it in. Um, I, I love Christian McCaffrey this week. And and we can talk about that at running back once again, but uh I, I will definitely be having some teams with Kyle Allen on them. He's my favorite uh, quarterback in the cheap price range. Um, in the 6K range, Kev, we haven't talked about him a lot at all this year, but I'm looking at Tom Brady as well. He's 6,400 on DraftKings. He's had three three of the past four games. He's gone for over 40 attempts. He's just been able to find these guys open and talk about a narrow distribution of targets like there's no – uh, Josh Gordon has gone there and and Julian Edelman has pretty much always been there, but he's going to James White. He's going to Muhammad Sanu, who's seen like 14 or so targets in his past two games uh, since joining New England. Uh, Philip Dorsett is in the mix and like Jacoby Myers has been branched out. They rarely ever throw to the tight end. And he has a matchup here going against Philadelphia where we've targeted quarterbacks going against them all, all year. And at only 6,400, like, and I'm looking at Muhammad Sanu and Dorsett both are way, way too cheap for what they're able to give you. Um, Muhammad Sanu is like 4,300 this week. I think Dorsett's just just above that. And, and if you can get, you know, kind of one of these games that we've seen out of him against the Giants and Washington Tom Brady, that is, you know, 27, 26 points, I think that sets you up in a prime spot. I don't like Sony in this matchup if you want to play James White that's okay but he's kind of a little bit um priced up for the matchup too he's 5400 i i don't know how much i'll get to him on my main builds but i definitely like some main builds with Tom Brady and and one or two of these pass catchers just because i feel like it's going to be so off the radar i expect his ownership to be to be way low um and then at the top you know how can you go wrong with any of these top Five quarterbacks, Kev, it's Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, and Jimmy Garoppolo at the top. Now with George Kittle out, and I'm not sure if we know what Emmanuel Sanders' status is, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't have too much interest in him at this point, but he has a matchup against Arizona that has been a sieve all year, so I I, I don't blame people going for that. Dak Prescott, I love Zeke way too much this week to probably get to him, um, but there is a pass catcher I like that's in the 4K range that we can talk about for him. Uh, Deshaun Watson's going against Baltimore. He's pretty viable. I would like him a lot more if Will Fuller is going to be suiting up and playing um, because I think it, it kind of gives him a more balanced attack to uh, to approach it. But really, it's, you know, what are we doing with Lamar Jackson and Drew Brees? And you might have a better handle on this. Um, Drew Brees is going against Tampa Bay. It looks like a prime matchup, but man, did he disappoint last week. I had him in my cash lineup with Michael Thomas, and it was very disappointing to see Drew Brees uh put I don't even remember what he had 11 11 DK points it's just ridiculous um in a matchup that that good for him last week uh but Lamar is is 7,700 but he's great and he's going to be the the offense um it's not a great matchup for Lamar for Lamar or for Lamar for Mark Ingram um he you know they they do a good job at at containing um the run but they have Injuries on defense that I think we definitely have to take into consideration. And and at 7,700, if he's going to be giving you the rushing upside, as we've seen uh, the past couple of weeks, it could be another good week to play Lamar Jackson naked as his his pass catchers are a little bit um, priced out of my range where I'd want to target them. Um, so where are you at with quarterback this week, Kevin? What are you finding early on as we do this this kind of first look at drafting
1: well some 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 of it you already mentioned i think that um really you're gonna probably have to take a stand on what you want to do here on this slate because two teams uh that are in really good spots one being carolina and then the other one being norland's you already mentioned um carolina has the third most implied points this week while norland's is a half point behind them uh with 28 so um you know it I think that you look at this, and the problem is, is that I don't know. I, I you would have to go complete stars and scrubs to play breeze and sack him with Michael Thomas, who's ninety nine hundred on DraftKings, and then also ten five Christian McCaffrey, and you leave yourself very thin by doing that with that with that kind of run, lineup construction. Um, I, I love Drew breeze. I mean, this is a perfect matchup. We know that Tampa Bay is a complete run funnel or pass funnel, and They have done a very good job of shutting down pretty much every running back they faced this year. I don't think this week's going to be any different. I do think that you see, you know, Sean Payton trying to get a little different or trying to get a little creative and getting the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands and maybe use him more as a pass catcher or line him up in the slot or what have you. But, um... Mm -hmm. You know, like this is a prime spot for Drew Brees, and then stacking him with 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 Michael Thomas, and then also you probably could also, you know, throw in a Traquan Smith in there who ran more routes last week than than Ted Ginn did, and um, or, or played more snaps, excuse me. Um, and then you also have, you know, then if you want to run it back, like I, I guess you, I mean, if you wanted to run it back with Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, like it, I think that's going to be, you know, one of the, probably the most popular stack there is, but. Again, like you're you're paying, I, it's so hard for me to imagine paying ninety nine hundred for a wide receiver, as good as, right. as Michael Thomas has been, like. I would much rather pay the, you know, the extra 600 and give me Christian McCaffrey. So, I, I don't yeah. know. like So, So I think that's a good decision you have to make. And Like I said, Drew Brees is in a fantastic spot, for sure. Um, if you want to get a little contrarian, I think going Drew Brees with, like like I said, like Jared Cook and, and like a Traquan Smith and not playing Michael Thomas um, in, in the event that, you know, something crazy happens. But, I mean, Tampa Bay is ravaged by injuries on, on their secondary. They, they just cut Vernon Hargrave. So, I mean, it's tough to imagine that they're going to be able to do anything against them to stop them. Again, you know, I think you're going to have to pick your poison. Um, yeah, the other one, like you talked about with Dallas, with, with Dak Prescott, like I really love this, this, this matchup, but I am nervous with Jeff Driscoll playing. Um, do they get up quickly on, on Detroit and, and hold their own? Because I was really hoping Stafford would play this game, because I felt yeah. like that if he did, that that would open things up, and this game would be a really good one, a really fun one to target, and I felt like it was, he was a solid pivot off of Drew Brees. Um, At 6,700. But, you know, I I still think that like what we saw last week, because like actually I think a really contrarian stack this week is actually Jeff Driscoll at 4,600. We saw last week, I mean, he played a a decent defense uh, or a a pretty solid defense really against the Bears um, on the road and you know put up 19 DraftKings points and he's he's giving you something with his legs I mean he's not Lamar Jackson out there but I think he can give you you know 40 you know 40 or 50 yards rushing I mean last week he had five attempts for 37 yards I think you could easily you know project him for 20 or 30 yards this week on the ground and at 4,600 like that's going to be a way to kind of free yourself up if you know but getting Christian McCaffrey in there and some other you know high priced players, um, and being different. So I do think Dr- Jeff Driscoll at 4,600, you know, in GPPs, I think is certainly a way you can go, you know, stack, uh, stack him with Kenny Galladay or, or Marvin Jones. Um, and then, you know, if you want to run it back like Amari Cooper or something like that, I, I mean, I think that is a pretty interesting stack that you can get. I think some other ones, you know, I do like Jameis Winston at 6,500, They're at home, um, you know, kind of, you know, again, pivoting off of Drew Brees, uh, and then you know after that, like you know, if you wanted to play like a, a Nick Foles in his first game back, I, I think Carson Wentz is super interesting at fifty four hundred. That's way too cheap for him. Um, I know a lot of people are going to look at New England and say, well, you know, this New England defense is for, for real. He's not Lamar Jackson, blah blah blah. I think Philly can. I think Philly can. You know, can run with them and and, and put up some points. There are apply, I think their their implied point total is was I just had it up it is you know 20 and a half it's not fantastic but it's not terrible either um it is a little bit lower down but I think they can beat that and I think you know Carson Wentz Zach Ertz you know kind of stack um it is certainly a way you could go and so for for me like I I think for me like just kind of narrowing it down a little bit uh, I do I do think for me it's going to be, you know, I, I, you know I'll, I'll try to get some Drew Brees in there because I, you know, I don't think you can just not play Drew Brees. But, my you know, my favorite plays are really probably going to be Dak Prescott and, you know, and then I, I like Jeff Driscoll and then some Carson Wentz and then maybe toss in some Matt Ryan because I do like Matt Ryan a lot.
0: Yeah, no, but, uh, Matt Ryan was, was another guy that I was kind of looking at. Uh, I mean, he was one of the safest options that you could target um, through the first six weeks of the season um, pretty much here. So, uh, you know, and then to see him bounce back with, uh, 35 attempts at new Orleans, um, even though he only put up 15 DraftKings points, that's definitely promising. So, um, you know, if they, they, Carolina gets up to a big lead and they have to rely on him, you like that. Um, and, you know, I also want to monitor, uh, James Bradbury news. I know he was, you know, missing last week. i a lot of, I saw a lot of touts talking about Devonte Adams being in play and, he was out and Devontae Adams was able to get going. So, like, this could be a big Julio week with Matt Ryan um, if Bradbury were to miss. Some of Julio's biggest games, I feel like, have come uh, against Carolina, um, as well as some duds, too. But um, he, you know, he's definitely in a, in a good spot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I want to play Breeze, Kev. Like, I, I want to get him. It's just like, it's hard to see yourself making a stacked team that doesn't include Michael Thomas. And then when you're playing Michael Thomas at 9,900, like, yeah, he had that 44 point week earlier on in the season, but he was priced in the 6K range. So if he gets you that, that's pretty much what we can carve out is his potential ceiling, quote unquote. That's only four X right now at that price tag. And so I just feel like you're kind of hedging a lot of salary there. If you want to play him in cash, you know, by all means, I think go ahead because I do think there's some value on the slate that we'll get into at running back and wide receiver, both alike. And and so to, you know, be beat 50% of the field to have Michael Thomas, that's fine. But when you're talking about taking down a GPP, like I I'll use some of that money and and go elsewhere. um, at a wide receiver position where we've traditionally kind of talked about paying down um, at that position, or at least paying to an affordable price tag and locking in uh, volume at your running backs, So um, outside of that, Kev, I mean, is is there any other quarterback that that you like? Jameis Winston, to me, is always in play at 6,500. The attempts are just there. It's it's just absolutely insane what this guy's been doing the past couple weeks. 54 attempts, 43 attempts, 44 attempts, 48 attempts. And they're talking about Ronald Jones being used more so as a pass catching back, which could open up, you know, fewer plays on the ground for them and, and favorable matchups when they pass heavy attack and, and, and up that for Jameis. So at 6,500, I think this is a great way to kind of, you know, maybe you're not paying. I think a lot of people when they're playing Michael Thomas, they'll play Drew Brees as well. And so if you want to just take Michael Thomas from this team and get Jameis, um, and Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or both. Kev, we had talked about it last week. Like the way to pivot off of a Christian McCaffrey was to say, OK, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have been combining for out numbers um, week in and week out. I think last week was the first time that they hadn't reached 100 yards and a touchdown since like week one or something like that, which is insane. So if you're playing, you know, if you want to say, listen, I'll play Jameis, I'll play Mike Thomas, I'll play uh, both. Evans and Godwin, and and just figure out the rest of my lineup after then, and think that this game is going to crush the the over under. I think that's a very unique stack as well too that most people uh, won't won't be on. Um, is there is there any other quarterback play that you've liked? I know you talked about Derek Carr a lot this year, and he's sixty one hundred going against Cincy. Any interest in him?
1: I just don't think they have any need to really throw the ball. Unless, I mean, I mean we, see, we see crazy things all the time, right? I mean, hell, the Miami Dolphins are, what, on a two-game winning streak right now. and yeah. <laughs> You know? Like, anything crazy can happen on any given week. So, I mean, it, the only way I would really have interest in that is if I feel like they could keep it close. If you feel like that the Oakland could keep it close, then yes. I mean, this is a fantastic matchup for Derek Carr. I don't know if they really need to throw the ball that much. And I think with Josh Jacobs, you know, like, I would much rather attack this game through him and then also, you know, have a stack of, you know, Oakland d and Josh Jacobs versus, you know, going with um, you know Derek Carr now I mean can you play Derek Carr absolutely I mean this is a fantastic matchup the Bengals have one of the worst defenses in the if not the worst defense in the league so of course that's a way you can go you know I think you could go Sam Darnold if you wanted to at 5,700 like I really like him as well like I mean he's somebody that I think that you could get to Um, kind of had a bounce back week in a away last week against the Giants you know had 21.7 DK points which you know at 50, 5,800 what he was last week isn't fantastic but I mean it, it didn't kill you at all and you know and you know that he's one of the cheaper options uh, on, again on this on this slate at fifty seven hundred against the Redskins, who are off and their secondary is awful. So sure, I mean, because I mean, I will, the one thing I'll say that DraftKings has done a really good job or has done this year. Typically in the past, like their, a lot of their salary was based off like how players were performing. It wasn't so much as much on matchup. This year, they have draft that, that's looks like that's all they're really paying attention to is matchup in terms of how they're pricing these players because they've done a really good job at pricing up certain players that typically wouldn't be anywhere close to this high but they're basing it all off matchup and that's really where they're where, where it's coming from and so you know I would like to play Lamar Jackson but I'm not paying $7,700 to play Lamar Jackson I, I just think that there's too many other quarterbacks that that can do what he can do and I, I don't know if this is as good of a matchup but like you know Houston isn't great either their secondary is horrible that's why they've been bringing in everybody they possibly can and everybody's uh you know they brought in Gary on Conley from the Raiders they traded for him they claimed um vernon hargraves so of course i mean that secondary is awful but you know we're gonna have to see if baltimore can force them or if excuse me if houston can force him to throw and, you know and then there's also deshaun watson that no one's talked that we really haven't talked about but the, the hard part about him is that you're really trusting i mean because that secondary they have is absolutely disgusting i mean with marcus peters right. and marlon humphrey which we talked about that last week so i, mean, I don't really want to play him especially at 6800 like i guess the only other one that i would want to know about if it was me would be, what is your thoughts on Josh Allen? I mean, they're playing Miami. Um, I mean, Josh Allen has kind of been, like, a great cash quarterback. Like, he's given you that 18 to 20 points about every single week. But, like, I feel like this could be a decent week to play Josh uh, – like, stack Josh Josh Allen with with um, uh, John Brown. And I know, you know, Josh Allen yeah. really hasn't been trying to take the top off defenses very much and throw the ball deep. But, I mean, this is against Miami. Miami's defense is awful in all facets. And I think, you know, if he hooks up with John Brown for a couple of deep touchdowns and with his uh, ability to run the football – you know, I think you know sixty six hundred Josh Allen is actually somewhat interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've talked about Josh Allen a, a lot on this on this very podcast. I, I, I think the thing for me is is that when I'm always talking about playing him, I, I do so more from a cash perspective, um, and and just Kyle Allen the where he's priced, um, and you know, even even some of these other guys at the quarterback position in um, good matchups here, you know, with with. Dak Prescott and Jameis Winston, um, I'd probably even be more apt to play them and catch. I mean, the thing is, is Kev, is I'm looking and I'll skip ahead here. Like Miami defense, even though they're priced up to twenty five hundred, which which kind of sucks because I was a little bit excited to play them if they were going to be a little bit cheaper than this. But they've been pretty decent um, these past couple of games, you know, uh, at Indy uh, Detroit, both of those wins and then Pittsburgh you know, they only put up four, but they were definitely, you know, showing signs of being able to get pressure um, and things of that nature. This home game, we know that Josh Allen is, you know, susceptible to turning the ball over from time to time. And I I can see him, you know, throwing a pick or two in this game and kind of, you know, getting the team rallied and getting them excited. So I kind of like the Miami defense a lot, which is getting me off of um, Josh Allen exposure. But I, you got you got to love him just because he you know he's he is able to make plays and um, even with the turnovers he's still getting you uh, to a solid baseline floor but I, I just for GPPs like I just don't know if there's enough there to to kind of win you the week on what you're looking for um, even when he's throwing like we saw last week 40 40 times so um, and, and if I could trust like the running game situation at all here for Buffalo I, I think we'd have more you know more of a of a sign on what what to do and how to attack them, but it's like I don't know if it's going to be Devin Singletary week for them. I don't know like who if if Josh Allen is going to you know be smashing in a in a good spot on what we've seen, but we have we have targeted quarterbacks against Miami this year, so. I, I I can see the interest there it's just I'm I'm kind of leaning towards the defense side so it got me off of
1: Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, like I said I mean, they're not throwing the ball as deep. I mean, he did come off a pretty solid week last week with his 25, so. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's been more like like you said, he's been much more of a cash game to play, but I just wanted your take on that cuz I know you've been really high on Josh Allen for a lot of weeks and you know, this is a you know, a great matchup against the Dolphins, so. 100%. 100%.
0: Um yeah, I mean, if we I think that I think that pretty much it, did, uh, it Kev, are you interested in Kyler Murray at all? Uh, Just because I I know people will ask about him and he just kind of, I mean, it was Tampa Bay, uh, but, you know, went for 30 last week and Christian Kirk had the big game. So are you, are you interested there at at all, knowing that he has some rushing upside and is a quarterback that San Fran really hasn't faced outside of Russell, I guess. Russell was able to make some plays happen um, with his feet as well on the Monday night game. So, they could be, um, you know, having trouble with him.
1: Well, I mean, we have seen it. I mean, it's two weeks ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think. Yeah, it was Halloween. That's uh, right. yeah. yeah, they played, That's and right. he put up twenty three. Yeah. He put up twenty three DK points against them. Um, you know, twenty two, almost two hundred fifty yards passing, two touchdowns, five five attempts for thirty four yards. Like, yeah, I mean, guys like this are always in play. Like, the, I mean, playing quarterback, and especially at sixty one hundred. I mean, he's priced down because of the matchup against San Francisco, but. Yeah, I mean, I think you can play him, and I think he's going to carry no ownership whatsoever because of all the other plays that are higher than him, and I think a couple of the guys that are lower than him. Like, yeah, I don't think he's going to carry any ownership. And um, I, I don't know if I would want to go chase uh, Christian Kirk and what he just came off of and that monster week he had last week that won a lot of people a lot of money. Um, but I do think, even if you, like I've said, like, if you want to play Kyler naked, like, you know, you can always do that with him. And I, I like this, Matt. I, I don't – I'm not – I mean, we've seen him before. I mean, really, I mean, it's been, uh, you know, I mean, last week, I mean, it might have been the best, or two weeks ago, whenever San Francisco played uh, Arizona, I mean, that might have been the best match or the best performance we've seen from a, a quarterback. I mean, and really, I mean, Arizona almost beat him. So, right. sure, if you want to play Kyler Murray, it, I mean, I, I don't know how high his ceiling is. Like, I don't think it's 30 DraftKings points like we saw last week against the Bucks. But I mean, I think he can get you twenty to twenty-five, and at sixty-one hundred, like I mean, you'll take that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know. I know the ownership is going to be there, just off of what Christian Kirk was able to do too. So that that's something that we'll want to monitor. Um, let's let's move on to running back. Kevin, and, and as I kind of alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, Christian McCaffrey his price hasn't changed. He's still ten-five. And he has this matchup against Atlanta that people have avoided um, targeting running backs all year. But Christian McCaffrey is is essentially matchup proof. Um, I'm not scared of, of playing him in any matchup here. Um, and if this game can be somewhat competitive with Matt Ryan there at the helm and in Atlanta able to put up points anyway, especially or in any any type with Julio on the other side, I, Christian McCaffrey definitely has piqued my interest once again. And so. Uh, definitely trying to find ways to get him. Ezekiel Elliott is in a smash spot. Um, he's kind of been, you know, meddling, and we really haven't had him on the main slates uh, here in the past couple weeks. But um, it, we just know the volume's there with him. I mean, you're looking at the attempts that he's that he's showing in in 20 attempts in each of the past four games. Um, it, when when needed, he can be used in the pass catching role too. Um, it just hasn't amounted to such in the in the past couple of games. But um, you know that this is a without Matt Matthew Stafford playing. I think that you know this is a team that that Dallas can handily win. That Detroit just lost to the the Bears, and um, I see this as a really good spot for Zeke at nine K. Um, uh, people might not be you know they might have thought that the defense can rebound because they held. David Montgomery to whatever it was, eight points or, or whatever he ended up with. But uh, Zeke's just in a, in a league of his own um, when it comes to the running back. And he's saving you 1500 off of Christian McCaffrey. So uh, I, I love that play. Dalvin Cook at 8900 Um, it's, it's crazy because you're looking at, like, the volume's been there for, for Dalvin. He, you know, he just really hasn't been getting um, – over the 100 point, you know, the 100 point bonus on DK, um, which was helping him out a little bit. Uh, had a game there without a touchdown against KC when he, people thought he was in a smash spot. Uh, but the touches are definitely still there. He's getting pass catching work. So he's, he's definitely um, on my radar and play. I'm curious to see what his ownership is. I, I might have to look up. um Pro football focus uh, ownership projections while, while you're why while turn it over to you, Kev, um, to kind of figure that out. Uh, also, like Josh Jacobs, 6900 uh, going against Cincinnati. We have targeted Cincinnati on the ground all year. Um, so love him. Joe Mixon, Kev, you've been talking about him the past couple of weeks and he finally came through and, and paid off if people were playing him, which he had to have been. Two were less percent home, but he got 30 attempts there in a blowout, um, which was which was crazy to see. So they're definitely still high on Joe Mixon. Uh, He pretty much has that whole backfield to himself. So, you know, he's fifty five hundred against an Oakland team that has given up points. And if they're going to give him run, no matter whether they're leading or from behind or the game's tied, he definitely has some interest. Brian Hill. automatically was priced up with the Devontae Freeman injury. He's 4,800, but he still finds himself in a, in a great spot here against Carolina and should be heavily favored. Um, And there was one more guy that I wanted to touch on this week. I know. I mean, I, I think I hit it. I think I hit him on. I think I hit it, hit everybody. So take it away for, Oh, I was going to say about Delvin cook about Delvin cook. So Alexander Madison, is already priced up to 5k i was gonna have some interest in him if he was you know kind of like in that 4k range or so but he's just because people are people are watching this guy and seeing what he's able to do even in with limited work it's crazy like six yards to carry two yards on only three attempts but then four yards um four yards, seven yards, four yards, six yards, five yards. If he's going to get work here and Minnesota goes up big against Denver, he, he's viable. I, I mean, I'm no, by no means am I saying is he a core play? Is he somebody that I'm trying to get to? But uh, if you find yourself, you know, 20 max entering or 150 max, so to speak, like get yourself some exposure to Alexander Madison in, in tournaments because um, – as, as much as Dalvin's in a great spot, you know, if you're playing McCaffrey or Zeke and and then one against a Madison who could find his way into the end zone for sure, um, you know, he could end up paying off on that price tag. So, Kev, where are you at with running back this week and what are you seeing so far?
1: My, my issue with Zeke and especially on DraftKings is the fact that he's just not seeing targets, at least the targets that we're typically accustomed to seeing. He only has two games this year of above seven targets. The last couple of weeks, he had three targets last week. None against the Giants. Seven, mm-hmm. six, three, seven, three, two, two. If he's not seeing those kinds of targets. If he doesn't find the end zone. I mean, he's dead in the water. He's not worth nine K because because essentially he's been almost turned into somewhat of like an in between the tackles grinder. Now he is elite in in terms of being able to do that. Like it makes me nervous because if, if this game at all turns to be a back and forth game, I don't know. I don't think Zeke Elliott's gonna get to get, get the opportunities. Yeah, he might find himself on the goal line or what have you. But there's so many things that could go wrong there. So nine K like th- th- it's a tough it's a tough price to pay for a, a running back who's just not seeing the volume in the passing game. So it, I mean, if that continues, like it's tough to play him like. Like, sure, I would have some exposure to him, but I don't think it would be as high as what maybe other people would want. Like, I think I would probably have maybe fifteen percent, ten percent Ezekiel Elliott this week, especially at nine K. So, I mean, I would I would rather play Dalvin Cook or just pay the extra fifteen hundred, find a way to get up to Christian McCaffrey. So, while he is at a good spot, if he's going to continually not see the target share that he that we were cut, what well, we saw from him last year, then no thanks. I mean, I think he's like twentieth in the league in targets, which is not good among running backs. <laughs> you know, especially somebody that you're paying nine K for. So, you know, from there, you know, I think that you already. Mitch and Josh Jacobs absolutely love him he's 6,900 I think he smashes that and you know I, I think he's an easy obvious play you know I think if you wanted to play Marlon Mack I think you can go there at 6,400 especially if we get Jacoby Brissett back this week I think that kind of opens up a little bit more I I think Brissett is a, a boost to the offense and so you know against Jacksonville you can run on them so 6,400 you know he's a little bit cheaper than what he's normally been so I, I like him at 6,400 and then You know, some of the other ones, you know, Devin Singletary, 6K, that's kind of expensive, but I definitely think it's somewhat justified in this matchup. He's been much more in the explosive back. And so I, I think you can play him 100. percent All lineups should start with Brian Hill this week. He's the free square. He's a free square again. 4800. Uh, I mean, we saw it, we saw it last week against the Saints. Um, he had 20 attempts last week. He had you know he was only targeted twice, but he certainly he certainly has the ability to be a pass catching back. There's nobody else there. I think he could easily see 70 75 percent of the opportunities um, in that backfield and a great matchup. Carolina is absolutely horrendous against the run. They've allowed the third most rushing yards, the most rushing touchdowns on the season. And so I mean, we saw it last week with what Air, or what Green Bay wanted to do, I mean, every time they got close, they just punched it in with Aaron Jones, over and over. And over again, they're missing Austin Hooper. Um, I know they said he's a long shot to play. I, I don't, he's out. Like, I, I, he ain't playing. And so, right. I mean, they traded Muhammad Sanu. So, I mean, you're talking about Julio and Calvin Ridley. And then, I mean, their other tight ends are a bunch of nobodies. So, I mean, I think you see even more opportunities open up for someone like Brian Hill in a 4,800. But again, like, I think you just play 100% of them. If he's going to be 60% owned, the way you get above that, you know, to be contrarian, is just play 100% of them. And not, not, not as many people will do it. I remember a couple weeks ago, whenever Jalen Samuels was like 4,100 and he was the free square, there were some of the tournaments that I was in that he was only like 35% owned. I had like... Yeah, that's insane like anytime we get these kind of types of plays that open themselves up they should always be yes if you don't want to you know go 100 percent. okay 80 percent. you know like you but you playing that low of him and getting that kind of an edge because as the higher the stakes you actually you start to see where they become highly high, more and more higher owned. like i said brian hill it'd be different if there was another player there that he was just going to be splitting backfield and stuff with he's not there's nobody ito smith is on ir um and devonta freeman's out so forty eight hundred dollars and, and a nut matchup. You, I will take it all day, and it's a way you can open yourself up to get Christian McCaffrey in your lineups easily. Yep. Which is something we did not have last week. Whenever you know uh, Christian McCaffrey's in a great spot. Who, Christian Chris McCaffrey? I mean, wasn't didn't what wasn't lights out last week? I think he had what twenty nine, which is still fine. I mean, still good. Yeah, at but I mean, ten five. I mean, that's,
0: that's not twenty nine and and that touchdown late didn't get called in his favor. So could it could have been more?
1: Yeah, it could have been. But, again, it's kind of what I was talking about last week. You know, you didn't have to play him, and you definitely didn't. I mean, I don't. I didn't see him in any, any of the tournaments that I was in. Was he in the winning lineup? But, again, I get why we're playing him and everything else. We're not going back to last week. I just, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. But the difference was last week, though, is we didn't really have this type of play last week. Like, now we do. And so it, it just makes it so much easier to be able to fit in Christian McCaffrey at 10-5 and pair him with Brian Hill. I mean, I know some people don't love, you know, playing running backs from the same game. I don't really care about that. Um, or if you wanted to, you know, use the stack of of um, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, like, again, throwing Brian Hill in there is a great way to get leverage off. The-
0: yeah, I mean, I, I do like Brian Hill this week, too. I, I I will definitely be well under the field on him, probably just because at forty eight hundred, I, I, I think I will end up paying up more on running back um, as I usually do um, than the field he is in a great spot uh, he would be the first person into any cash lineup that I built um, and I'll, I'll definitely have some exposure to him in tournaments but I'll, I'll probably be under the field uh, I wonder what his ownership is too I'm going to I'm gonna pull up his ownership as well just so just so we have an idea of that uh, but while I'm doing that Kev you know a couple other guys that you know I think are, are worth talking about um, is, is Tevin Coleman he's 61 I know that backfield is kind of muddled there but I think Raheem Mostert is going to miss or expected to miss um and then we got Brita, I think as well is banged up so it it could be all his he was a Mostert was a limited participant today in practice so um, he could end up playing but I, I think if that backfield ends up missing one or two pieces um I would have extreme interest in, in Tevin Coleman there who, who's been who's been a stud pretty much this this year. Uh, in that same game with Marlon Mack, we have Leonard Fournette. He's 7,900 on DK. He has been getting more targets this year, I will say that. But traditionally, he's not a guy that are, are going to be targeting for on DK because the volume from a pass catcher standpoint isn't there. The temps haven't been there The past two weeks, but getting Nick Foles back and this offense should be in a good spot. And like you said, Jacoby is coming back for the Colts. It could be, uh, you know, a, a, a matchup that is better for fantasy purposes than we might be thinking about on paper. Are you interested in Leonard Fournette on the other side of the ball at all there?
1: Sure, I mean I think he's somebody that's in, in line for positive regression, right? And like the opportunities uh that he's getting in that from the backfield, the, the targets that he's seeing, I mean it's elite level stuff and he just hasn't found the end zone. And I think, you know, he's somebody that we could probably project for positive regression over the second, you know, over this last part of the season, um coming off their bye. So yeah, and I do think Nick Foles is actually an upgrade over over Gardner Minshew. I know there was the Gardner Minshew mania that we were having there for a little while, but that was starting to fade a little bit. I do think Nick Foles is a much better quarterback than Gardner Minshew is at least at this point in their so I do think that's at least a boost to the offense. So yeah, I mean I, I do like uh Leonard Fournette. I think that he is a solid pivot off of some of these other higher price plays. You know, seventy nine hundred, I, I think is a fair price for him. You know, I he is the fourth most expensive, but I mean if you don't if you're not wanting to pay up for let's say Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott, then I think you can easily play Leonard Fournette. Um, I would probably rather play sixty nine hundred dollar Josh Jacobs or even pay a little bit further down for like a Marlon Mack on the other side of the ball, but yeah, I mean, I think if you want to play more, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette, sure. I mean, with with the amount, of, like I said, the opportunities that he's seeing. I mean, I mean, just the last four games played, six, two, seven, and six targets. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the, the the two target game became he was a blowout against against the Bengals, twenty seven to seventeen. So, but he, in that game, he had twenty nine attempts, one hundred thirty one yards. So he's still, you know. Wasn't terrible, so yeah. If you want to play Leonard Fournette, he's someone that's definitely a way you could go.
0: Yeah, it, it just uh, the price tag is just what it's what I can't get over. Seventy five hundred, seventy nine hundred on DraftKings. I just checked on FanDuel; he's seventy two hundred over there. So right now, pro, at Pro Football Focus, um, off of the ownership tools that they use from U collect, U collect or UF. Collective Lennon Frenette's at, at 29% ownership on FanDuel because that price is just crazy. At 7200 usually um, you would see him priced up higher over there. Um, but then he's 12% on DK. So it could be a, a definitely interesting uh, GPP tournament play um, that I, I guess we'll, we'll monitor going forward. I, I, I might have a little exposure to him, but it, it really is just hard, and that's that price tag. Um, yeah, Matt Breida has been missing practice. So the backfield could end up being Tevin Coleman's. Um, really like him a lot uh over there at 60. What 61. is your thoughts
1: then? So I, I don't want to interrupt you, but if you like if you like Matt or uh, Tevin Coleman, what is your thoughts though on Jeff Wilson? If both of them miss, if Brita and most are miss, Jeff Wilson is definitely the goal linebacker. Um He's gonna get some opportunities and he's only thirty three hundred dollars. And we know we know they like to rotate backs in and out and you know we've seen, you know yeah, I mean weeks two and three. I think whenever Tevin Coleman was out, you know he got he had fifteen point four and thirteen point eight in those games. Um, you know was targeted in the you know saw targets and you know found the enzo. So what I mean is he somebody that I mean I feel like that that could be a pretty a pretty sneaky way if both of them are out. It's a late game, so you know having him in their flex spot or something like that. You know I think is somewhat interesting at thirty three hundred.
0: Yeah, the, I think the problem is is that we we don't know. Kind of how I mean, Jeff Wilson was was doing those things with Tubman Coleman out, as you're alluding to, and so with Tubman Coleman back, we kind of really haven't seen if he will still get that goal line usage because he was getting that with Coleman out, and and then in that in that next game when Coleman's back, we saw that he really took over those duties um, of kind of taking down the third back. third down back roll, and then getting in the goal line work, even with Breida kind of popping off big runs. So I'd, I'd definitely be interested in him. I'd much rather love playing Jeff Wilson on FanDuel, where the touchdown equity is such more higher value, and and uh, you can you know probably try and get that there. Uh, Tevin Coleman's been seeing work in the passing game, so if Breida and Moser were both to miss, I would expect that his floor would just initially be raised due to seeing more volume. Uh, work there, especially if we're talking about there's no George Kittle, no Emmanuel Sanders out there on the field either. So they're going to be running the likes of Debo Samuel and Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis, as well as Coleman. I, I'd much rather love Coleman um, in that matchup there um, for the volume that I think he'd be able to see. Uh, Darius Geiskev, um, the Jets have been tough against the run, but he he could be back here. You know he's getting the coach speak. So we haven't seen him since week one. We know Adrian Peterson's there, but the rest of that backfield's banged up. Um, At the price tag forty seven hundred, can you see yourself playing him at all?
1: I mean, I think he's like the ultimate GPP play, right? I mean, we we know he's explosive. We know what is, but I mean, he's been out this. He's been out so long. He's coming back from injury. I just, I I know the. You know, Bill Callahan said he's going to get many chances uh, he expects uh, this weekend, but. I don't know what that means. Um, I would love to play him, but I I just don't think there's any reason to go there. Like, just I'll find the extra 500 and pay up for Brian Hill. You know, I'll play JD McKissick. Um, I think that who at 4600 is cheaper than Darius Geis. And, you know, Ty Johnson's been a train wreck. You know, I I think McKissick, who's going to be in positive game scripts, I think um, is a way you could go, who has double-digit fantasy points in each of his last two weeks. You know, I mean, hell, would you play Kalen Balazs? I, I know he was awful, downright awful. But, I mean, he saw 20 he saw twenty attempts last week. He's targeted four times. Like, I mean, 24, 24 opportunities. Again, not good. But at 4,300, he doesn't need to do a ton. Buffalo's been awful against the run. Awful against the run. Yeah. He's going to have no ownership. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't have a ton of him, like, I would maybe like if you're if you're out here playing twenty lineups, maybe I'd have him in one or two, just kind of as right. a dart throw, like a forty three hundred. Like I I don't know, like I feel like he's, he's at least someone in, uh, interesting in you know in tournaments.
0: I'd, I'd play him in tournaments um, over the likes of Brian Hill uh, to kind of get leverage there. Um, you do love the usage that Balaj is getting. Um, I, I don't I don't know if that you know. I think the four catches off of four targets. I think that's pretty much a ceiling for him. Um, he had been a real awful pass catcher at the beginning of the season, like not catching anything that was being thrown his way. Um, so I don't know if we can bank on that work there, but the the touches and the carries are going to be there. So I, I do like him there. I'd, he's probably more so of a, of a fan duel play for me than draft Kings, but in, in GPPs large field tournaments to get some pivots off of a, uh, brian hill i can see myself going there
1: well the weird thing with that though is that like that's his like forte though is being a pass catcher like that's what he was primarily used at in college it was a pass catcher like he, he saw very little opportunities to run the ball they were always using him as a pass catcher i don't know what that was earlier in the year but i mean he certainly can get on top of that i mean you know um and i mean i think you know getting six you know anywhere from five to six targets i think is certainly something in the range of possibilities here so you know Again, it's not a sexy play. It's not one that I think that he can go out there and give you thirty-five or something like that. But he is an explosive player. And if he, you know, he somebody who could, you know, you know, find a hole somehow and and bust loose. So, like I said, Buffalo's been awful against the run. So at four thousand three hundred, nobody's going to play him. I mean, I think I think like I said, I think he's worth at least a, a couple shots.
0: Is there anything else that you're looking to have like in the mid range at all that we might have uh, missed on? Um, I, I mean, I said it last week and, uh, I just can't believe the price tags keep falling, but the production hasn't been there, but you know, David Johnson, he's been benched. Um, we can't trust him, right? Like this is, it's over with, um, it's a wrap for David Johnson.
1: I don't know if you can say that. Like he's been like, they they actually took him off the injury report. Like he wasn't even like, so he's not even listed on there anymore. I don't know what's going on with him though, because I know it's one clip of one game, of uh, the people, should Like the, I don't know if you saw on Twitter the it was like an outside run, and it looked like it was like, you know, present day Jerome Bettis out there running. And oh my um, god, no. yeah, it's wild. But like again, it was one play. I don't know what he was doing. Like I know people are going to use that and used it and like, oh, see, he's toast or whatever. I don't know. Like, but he's not listed on the injury report. He he still is David Johnson. He definitely could be utilized more as a pass catcher. I know Chase Edmonds. Um, you know, has a possibility of being back, which if he does, like that's even more of a you know problem. But he did not practice again today, so I doubt Chase Edmonds plays. So, you know, David Johnson at fifty one hundred certainly has some intrigue. I think the issue here is that DraftKings has gotten so smart in the way they've priced everything. Like, there's just not a lot of great opportunity, you know, or a lot of plays here in this five um, K range. Like for right. me, like I think the best one you could make a case for would be James White. You know, this really could be a James White game. Philadelphia is a complete run fu- or a pass funnel, just like, you know, the Bucks are. They are great against the run. I don't think Sonny Michelle, now watch, you know, Sonny Michelle, 4,900, will go out and rush for 150 yards and three touchdowns in this game. Oh, my um, God, don't say that. Just to prove it's wrong. <laughs> don't but, say you know, that, just, I'll have none. Yeah, I'll no, have Neither am I. But I, I feel like that James White at 5,400, like that feels like a steal in this matchup against Philly. You know, I, I do like. I think you can have some you know interest in, J- in James White on DraftKings because of that price tag. I mean, fifty four hundred. I mean, I would be cool with paying six K for him. You know, and he's fifty four hundred. I'm fine with that. Like, I mean, he could see ten targets. You know, in this matchup. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm completely fine with playing James White at fifty four hundred. And then other than that, you know, like like I said, like I would pro- I love Brian Hill in that range. And then you know, like a little bit of Caden Balazs. I think the other one that we didn't really talk about, who's even further down than all of them. Would be, you know, either, you know, Miles Sanders, who has shown to be very explosive. I know New England's been pretty good against the run themselves, but, you know, he is utilized heavily as a pass catcher as well. And I think when, I think New England is going to try to take away certain things for them, whether that's Zach Ertz or whether that's Alshon, if he plays, um, you know. Miles Sanders at 4100, you know, could be a pretty interesting play too. Who, like I said, we've seen his his ability to be explosive and you know, kind of uh, take long passes. And I think that he is definitely the primary pass catcher out of the backfield between him, Jordan Howard. So, you know, I think Miles Sanders at 4100. Then again, if you want to get real crazy, like a four a four K Duke Johnson and against Baltimore, in what should be a high scoring game.
0: Yeah, that uh, I love both of those calls. They actually, have uh, Duke Johnson had seen his uh, role in production kind of come on as of, as of late. Um, five targets in, in three in each of his last three games. Um, DK points of 19, 13 and then seven and, and really hasn't seen his price really fluctuate all that much. It's not a great matchup for for Carlos Hyde, I don't think at all. So Duke Johnson definitely you know've we've, we've seen him kind of be a flash in the pan there. And then Miles Sanders is, is got big playability. You're you're absolutely right there, Kev. I I, I love this call because um, we know that the secondary is legit for New England. That goes without saying. They're going to do everything that they can to stop the likes of Earth, stop the likes of Alshon, and then Deshaun if he's going to be playing in this game, which I, I'm not sure what his what his injury status is. Needless to say, that you know they could be leaning heavily on Miles Sanders here. Doug Peterson. He's a pretty intelligent. Uh, play caller and uh, offensive guys so he's going to be trying to get looks um anywhere that he can to move the ball against his defense and and Miles Sanders is just not priced appropriately for what his role could be so definitely like both of those calls there um in those guys uh Kev let's let's move on to wide receiver and keep her rolling here um so as I'm, as I'm looking at the clock and and I know we love to talk about running backs all week, but wide receivers, even a more interesting spot as we have Michael Thomas at the top, as we alluded to at 9,900, then DeAndre Hopkins is a drop down um, all the way at 8,100. And and you touched on it. The secondary is legit. They're not the secondary for the Ravens. That is, they're not the secondary that started the season. They've made moves. They've, they've pretty much sealed it up and, and started to get prepared for the playoffs and, um, and so while DeAndre Hopkins has been seeing a pretty nice target share um you know he's not a comfortable pivot to go to off of off of Michael Thomas but his floor is still um, with you know targets uh, over double digits uh pretty much in every game since week week six uh and you know 28 DK points 24.9 19.4 uh so he he he's a guy that can always Find a way to get his. And and like I said, if if Will Fuller is able to play in this game, I actually like targeting the Houston passing side of things just because I feel like they'll need to figure out a way uh, to lean on that to get things going here offensively against this Baltimore team on the road. Um, Amari Cooper, he's been banged up, um, but still been balling, Um, just been putting on on clinics here. Uh, Eighteen. Points are higher in his past three three games on DK. Now he's been priced up appropriately to $7,700. Um, got a questionable tag, but I think he's, he's going to be suited up. He's limited participant in practice um, as of recording this podcast, but we'll see. Uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are, are just in play every week, and the fact that they disappointed last week, I'm hoping that people forget about them um, because these are guys that you had to have in pretty much any GPP lineup that you wanted to take down um in the past couple of weeks so uh they're always going to be in play for me uh really love Mike Evans um in this spot Marshawn Lattimore I think we're waiting on news for him to miss but if he's out you know that could that could definitely help out both I think Godwin more so even than Evans but I just I just feel like um he's going to be running running rampant Uh, against this team that pretty much won't be able to stop anybody like Eli Apple I'm not convinced convinced of um I I definitely would like Michael Gallup but at 6,500 it kind of seems price too high for me so the guy I was talking about earlier was Randall Cobb and Randall Cobb has has really come on here in the past couple weeks um with getting targets I mean it's pretty much just him uh Amari and Michael Gallup that are getting looks and from the wide receiver standpoint from Dak Prescott and he just cut, is coming off of this twenty five point game but it was on Sunday night I'm not really sure how many people are going to you know look at look into that or look at that I think if you're if you're thinking of playing Dallas this week you're going to go Zeke first and then they're probably going to be looking at um, the, the the high names which are Gallup and, and Amari Cooper so I really like Randall Cobb this week. Um, I'm really interested in Jacksonville Um, getting back here. I I would like to play D.D. Westbrook. Um, He's been in practice back fully healthy. Uh, He's had significant role in this offense and was the one receiver in the offseason that they were talking about, had a strong rapport with Nick Foles. So with Nick Foles back, really love him. Uh, I was off on Muhammad's news price tag earlier. He's actually 5,100, not 43, but, 19 targets in his past two games it's since joining new england he's coming off a really solid game there against baltimore uh so i i, I definitely like hit pairing him with tom brady in gpp lines this week i think mclaurin uh at 5600 is just too cheap uh you can't run on this defense um Dwayne Haskins it's you know it's kind of put up or shut up right so you got this Jets team who's gonna be playing aggressive and they they could be playing from behind Um, I think Terry McLaurin finds himself uh, in a great spot here to a team that is actually allowing the second most fantasy points um, to the position so really like him and and then the last guy I'll touch on Kev and toss it over to is Tyler Boyd. And I touched on this last week and I'm kind of pissed at myself that I didn't get to him, but on a couple teams, but Tyler Boyd at 5,200, it's it's still just priced too cheap. He was 4,700 less, last week, which I thought was crazy. He only ended up with 12. And I thought that was because they ended up giving the ball to Joe Mixon and kind of getting away from the pass. But if they can, you know, that was Ryan Finley's first game out. So if he's getting a little comfortable there um, and going against Oakland, who allows the third most points to the position. From a fantasy point perspective, I I really like Tyler Boyd here. Um, you know, hopefully you're playing him and you you kind of want to see him get over the century mark, which he hasn't been able to do since week five. But if he gets over the century mark and he's able to get a touchdown, he could be, you know, he could he could be a guy that was like Christian Kirk uh last week for people. And in Christian Kirk, we just saw the volume there and it just really hadn't paid off. So uh, you know, I I really like going back to the Tyler Boyd. Well, um, yeah, I mean that that's pretty much it for me. I talked about having one and a half exposure to Philip Dorsett too from the New England side. But but Kev, where are you at with wide receiver this week, and what can you what can you trust? And where are you going to build your GPP line?
1: I mean, kind of some of it's already we've already talked about, like Michael Thomas, fantastic spot, probably the best spot on the entire slate, ninety nine, but he's ninety nine hundred. So you're going to have to really, really make a decision there because that is a lot to pay for any wide receiver. But on some on some levels, it's warranted. But it's really going to limit your lineup construction if you you do, you know, get up there. For me, like I think there's some plays you could easily go to. You know, Amari Cooper has been fantastic at seventy seven hundred. I think Julio Jones. I mean, he has. I think over the, I mean, over the last four weeks, I mean, I mean, he's Julio Jones, but over the last four weeks, he is number three or number four in a weighted opportunity rating over the last four weeks. Um, air yards, have been there. everything has been there. It's just he hasn't found the end zone. Uh, he's on another one of those streaks that, that he tends to be on. And, you know, that's kind of been, you know, the biggest problem. Everything else is right there in line. Um, his yards per route run is exactly where you want to see it. It is, I just had it in front of me. It, he is what? I think seventh or eighth uh, on this slate of players um you know in yards per out run with 2.35 so i mean all all the everything is lined up and i think that he can easily get on top of this so at 7500 though i will say that i think his ownership is going to be rather is going to be you know pretty high um on this slate he's going to be one of the higher owned wide receivers on this slate actually i think he's the second highest uh projected uh in terms of ownership uh according to yep. pro football focus so yeah, I mean, I, I, I there's a lot of people that are right there. You know, you talked about DJ Moore. He's in a fantastic spot in this matchup. Um, again, he's he's kind of right there with him as well. Um, I, you know, I talked about John Brown. John Brown is actually, over the last four weeks, number two in weighted opportunity rating in the air yards. Um, he's crushed all of that over the last four weeks. Again, just... Uh, only found the end zone one time. His average depth of target is exactly what you want to see with 15.3 over the last four weeks. So, you know, like we talked about, like if you don't want to play Josh Allen, that's fine. But I think playing uh, John Brown, I think is is is, a, is definitely something that I'll be looking to do. And I'll have quite a few lineups. I mean, he is a little bit higher priced at 6,400, but I think he, he, can, he can pay that off. I really like Cortland Sutton at 6K. Uh, you know, I, I, he is... Uh, has been the Mr. Reliable there in that offense. And, you know, Brandon Allen didn't look as bad as I thought he was going to. You know, the Uh last time we saw him, now he's coming off buys, getting more opportunities, probably, you know, been able to work. And Xavier Rhodes has been anemic this year, continues to be awful. And I think he's going to see a lot of him. We'll have to see what happens with Trey Wayans, who missed last week against the Cowboys. But, you know, 6K, Cortland Sutton, like, you know, I don't hate that. I think he would be a nice uh, pivot off of somebody like DJ Moore. It is high and it's it's high, you know how how expensive he is. Um, I definitely agree. Excuse me with the Terry McLaurin call at fifty six hundred. We know he is he is the king of uh, of of that you know of that wide receiver core. You know against the Jet the Jets secondary is absolutely horrific. And so at fifty six hundred, like we kind of saw last week with Darius Slayton, Darius Slayton went off against the Jets last week, and McLaurin is that same type of player. And, you know, the, the only problem is that Dwayne Haskins, like what, what are we going to see from him? Now, you know, I think this is definitely right. the, uh, the, the the matchup to see if, if Dwayne Haskins is the real deal. I mean, the last couple of weeks, times we've saw Dwayne Haskins, they were uh, pretty tough matchups. Um, you know, some of us just kind of being forced in. So now, you know, coming off the bye, I think, you know, hopefully that they kind of get some of the stuff worked out. But 5,600 Terry McLaurin, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm for that. Um, and then – you know, if the same game that you want to target, if you can't get to Julio, I think playing fifty five hundred dollar Calvin Ridley, like they just don't have anybody else to throw the ball to right now. Um, so you know, uh, you know, like I said, Austin Hooper is probably going to be out. So I just think that this opens the things up more. I think things things are going to be more condensed for them. So you know, going down a little bit further, you know, I, I do like D.D. Westbrook. I think he's certainly he's in play. Um, and then the other one I, I sort of talked about earlier would be. Um, you know, playing Traquan Smith, you know, is uh what is he 3,800 you know, in this matchup. Like I said, he 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 outsnapped him last week. He only, he did only see two targets, but that doesn't really tell me that doesn't really mean a whole lot to me because the entire team was awful last week. Uh but like he's somebody who could easily, easily, you know, um, you know, he could be a, a slate breaker. Uh we've seen we saw it last year. He had a couple games last year where he went off um and so I, I do like this matchup their secondary is horrific they're terrible against deep passes so you know um a nice pivot and and to be able to still get operate still get in on this game i think traquan smith or even a ted ginn um for that matter are ways you can go
0: yeah i, I like that traquan smith call kev i mean basically outside of michael thomas i mean you know you're you're really just ho- hoping i feel like um on am trying to get these guys right but the but the matter remains is that they're not running a ton of wide receivers out there right now. So like outside of, outside of Thomas, it's going to be Smith or it's going to be begin. So get yourself exposure to either one of those guys. Cause it, cause they are definitely going to be in play. Um, Debo Samuel at 4k Kev. I, I, I mean, with, without Emmanuel Sanders out there, I I, I don't know how I'm going to not have exposure to him. He'd, he'd be another guy that I'd be jamming in. Uh, to my cash lines and, and definitely have some GPP exposure to him as well, just because of the price tag for what the role is going to be. And even last week we saw with, when Emmanuel left the game, Jimmy Garoppolo just just fed him, loved him. There was no Kittle. Um, we shouldn't see Kittle again. So love Debo Samuel at that price. That's way too cheap. And in, in the mid-range, Kevin, we could, well, You know, I would definitely want to talk about this when we get to uh tight end as well. But we, um, with Baltimore, my, uh, Marle, or, uh, Marlon Brown, Marquise Brown, thank you, my God. Marquise Brown finds himself in a good spot as well. Uh, we have been targeting, you know, wide receivers in this matchup against Houston for some time, uh, especially in, in, in situations where we can expect points to be had. And he can take, he can take over a slate. On limited number of, of targets and looks. So you know, Mark Andrews is priced too high up for my liking, but Marquise Brown at 5600, I can see myself getting exposure to him if, he, if he's healthy. I know he's been missing practice and he does have this ankle injury that he's dealing with. so we definitely want to monitor that. But if he's out there, um, it won't take a lot for him to pay off. So I, I, I do find myself having having some interest in him.
1: If you're wanting to stack Lamar Jackson, I think he's the you know, he's he's definitely a way you can go or, you know, play him by himself. Um, as we talked about, uh, you know, Houston's secondary is nothing to be afraid of. So uh yeah, sure. I mean I, I think, you know, that's uh, definitely an area you could go. I don't think he's gonna carry any ownership and um, he's kind of right there stacked between some of these other these other plays that, you know, people are going to really try to fit in like DJ Moore or, or McLaurin or Calvin Ridley or Curtis Samuel that we uh, you know talked about or, or Mohamed Sanu. So, yeah, I don't think a lot of people are going to be looking to play.
0: No, absolutely. So I'm, I'm hoping that's the case and that we can get him out there healthy. Uh, Will Fuller, he's 5,800, but I, I do have some uh, interest in him if he's going to be able to go out there. Uh, we know what hit or if you don't know, his splits are incredible with Deshaun Watson when he's on the field, uh, when they're on the field together. So at 5,800, he could go definitely under-owned um, because it's just a little bit higher of a price tag, but I think it's priced up um, in the situation of him playing and, and just Deshaun being able to look his way um, while he's out there. So I, I love Will Fuller. who's basically a touchdown or 100 yards uh, when he suits up in these matchups. Um, anything else for tight or for wide receiver before we move on to tight end, Kev?
1: Uh, no, I think that's it.
0: All right, let's let's talk about tight end here. Um, you know, we have George Kittle at the top, but he's probably not going to be playing so uh, that then leaves us with the next highest price which is Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews was definitely off to a, a fantastic start there catching two touchdowns from Lamar Jackson and and really people thought he was you know going to be going for 40 almost but kind of teetered off there uh, they just really didn't need uh, to throw they really didn't need him out there so you know once he got the touchdown on the opening drive and then he was able to follow that up with the, with another touchdown later. They just kind of got away from it. But he, he he's always in play, I guess, because he's tied to a quarterback who is just going to move the rock, which is the same thing that can be said for Pat Mahomes. Um, 6,100 is just a little bit too pricey for me with the – With the snap chair, he's not like a Travis Kelsey, I don't think. At least that's not how I view him. You might view him differently. But uh, 6,100, too too high price for me. Um, Darren Waller, 5,500 against Cincinnati. Please sign me up for this. This is just way – he's way too cheap. I don't care what the the game logs have been saying. Um, He's out there. He's going to be receiving catches. We know what his upside is. He's only 5,500. It's not like he's 65 or – or anything like that. He's the fourth highest price on the slate. I, I would love him. I don't know how you get uh, to Zach Ertz over Darren Waller for just, uh, you know, for 500 more there for Waller. It's, it's crazy to me. Um, Greg Olsen, 3,900. I talked about at the beginning. We, we know where Kyle Allen's stolen the ball. Greg Olsen's one of those. You love the 16 targets in the past two games. Uh, really, a solid week for them for him last week. If he would have gotten the 100 yard bonus and found himself in the end zone, uh, we're talking about a 30 point outing from Greg, Olding, from Greg Olson, which I don't know um, if we've seen that um, in a while. So 25 and 20, we know he does have an upside there. Um, it is a favorable matchup for him, so I do like getting to Greg Olson, um, TJ Hawkinson. I, I saw our boy uh, Derek Brown talking about him. Uh, Dallas just got burned by the tight end by both uh, Kyle Rudolph, who caught two touchdowns early in that game. And then Irv uh, Smith was getting some catches on them as well. So he has we haven't seen T.J. Hawkinson Hock- do a damn thing since week one. Um, only one other game with double-digit DK points. But if he's able, you, we talk about these backups who come in, and if, just, if Jeff Driscoll's out there, uh, I think he, they try to lean on the tight end position just a little bit more uh, lower A out there. So uh, he definitely has some interest from me. Um, another guy, Kev, before I toss it over to you, who I'm looking at is uh, Eric Ebron. And Eric Ebron was kind of a squeaky wheel narrative kind of guy. Uh, he had been talking about how he just didn't know what his role was in the offense and really didn't like his role in the offense that Frank Wright was throwing out there. And Frank Wright is a tight end guy. So I think Eric Ebron kind of saying something uh, led to him getting these 12 targets that we saw last week. Um, And I did have some exposure to Eric Ebron because I love narratives like that, but Jack, he's been running more routes than Jack Doyle, getting more targets than Jack Doyle and Jack Doyle's on the injury report. So even in, especially if we get Jacoby Brissett back, um, I, I love Eric Ebron in this spot here at 3,600, um, where we've lifted a tight end position basically for favorable matchups or where to pair down for, for volume or pay down for volume. And, uh, I think this could be another good spot for Eric Ebron. So love him at that price. Kev, where are you going, uh, at tight end position this week?
1: Sure. I think Waller is definitely in play. At 5,500, uh, we already kind of talked touched on Zach Ertz, but he is certainly a risk. But uh starts really, for me, my, my Jared Cook at 4,400. I think that's just too cheap for this matchup. Uh, Tampa Bay's been terrible against tight ends. And then Noah Fant. Um, it is a tougher matchup, but I do think, you know, like we kind of talked about with him, I think he sees more targets at 3,700. TJ Hawkinson, uh, you're... You know, there is something to be said, though. I guess the last two weeks, I mean, he's had, what, 13 targets the last two weeks. So he is starting to be targeted more. And if Jeff Driscoll plays, I think you can expect to have pretty heavy dosage of him. Um, so, yeah, I think that is a way you could go. I think another one would be somebody like a Irv Smith, who has seen 12 targets the last two weeks. They've really tried to get him involved in the offense, which I think is smart. And then you've seen, you know, with Adam Thielen out, like, you know, I so I do think that if you wanted to play one of these tight ends here in Minnesota, I think that's a spot you can go because teams tend to um I think you see probably Christopher Harris has follows Stephon Diggs all over the field. So, you know, at home I, I do think Irv Smith at thirty one hundred, um, if you wanted to pay down at tight end, and I don't think he's he's somebody that's really gonna have any ownership either, so um yeah I think that's probably where I would go um probably pretty thin this are pretty tight this week with with tight ends you know if, again if you want to get wild you know a and OJ Howard who you know finally had a big week last week um you know you could do that too but for me I, um I think that's probably where I'll stay though is probably some Darren Waller Jared Cook um and then a little bit of you know TJ Hawkinson and then maybe some Irv Smith if I want to get real wild with it Any
0: any cheap guys that you can talk to the DJ Nation fam about that you're looking at? um, Your Tyler Croft loves your your. uh, You know, are you looking at Ryan Griffin or Dawson Knox or any of these guys, or just Irv Smith is the lowest you're willing to go?
1: Um, I mean, if you want to play a Ryan Griffin, I mean, you certainly could do that. I mean, we saw him whenever before when Chris Herndon was out you know, start, you know, get some opportunities um, prior to that happening. I mean, he had the 24.6 week against Jacksonville. He had 11 against, against Miami and at 2,900, um, you know, and then week six, he had 11.8. So I mean, he's had some pretty decent weeks. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be upset at all about, about targeting Ryan Griffin. And again, somebody who's not going to carry any ownership, you know, uh, the boy Tyler Croft, it does get Miami this week, but he's just not seeing any sort of uh, opportunity at all um he didn't even see a target last week you know what a shame right. we he did see four targets but uh yeah so i mean i think as low as i would really want to go this week there's nobody that really like truly stands out to me at, at right now um i mean if you wanted to get like really wild and play like a ross dwelly or something like that you know with george kittles out or but i i just can't do that um